know the ironic blessing, the ironic benediction. We say it almost at the end of almost every service at this church. And it has something to do with Psalm 67. We just sang it. We said it. We have, you've heard it several times already today, Psalm 67. And it is very closely tied to the blessing that God gave to Moses for Aaron to give as the chief priest to the people. In the first part of that, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Actually, there are three parts to it. Kind of a trinity of things. Uh, it's funny how that happens throughout the Bible. Uh, three parts to it. Kind of a couplet in each one. Uh, if you, it helps you kind of remember it. The Lord, always the Lord in each one. The Lord bless you and keep you. Two things, bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And we're going to focus on that because that's in this psalm today. And the last part, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So, the middle part of that, the ironic benediction or the ironic blessing instituted by God long before David came along and the Psalms came along, it was God's institution of blessing to the people. It's his idea. It carries his weight of his will to bless the people. So let's turn, let's take that and transition it into this psalm. We're going to read the psalm. I'm going to pray first. And we'll read the psalm and then we'll see what God has to teach us through this very short seven verse psalm about himself, about us, and so on. Pray with me, please. Dear God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy that even brought us here today. Your grace and mercy and truth that gave us salvation. Lord, thank you for your spirit. Leaving your spirit here when you ascended into heaven. To open our eyes and our ears, our hearts our souls, our spirits to you, to what you have to give us today. May we do that, Lord, now. May we sit at your feet and listen to you and be blessed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Psalm 67. Um, in honor of our lead pastor, Carter, would you please stand? <laughs> Actually, it's in honor of God's word. But this is, something, this is something that Carter likes to do, and I don't want to change things here. So we do honor God's word, don't we? And this is a good way to do it. So read, uh, as I read, it's on the, it should be up there. So to the choir master with strings instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. 
For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. This is God's word. You may be seated, please. Now, the structure of this short psalm, by the way, this is basically a, an intercessory prayer. It's interceding on the behalf of, first, the people of God, the Jews, but also on all peoples all over the earth. And so this is a plea, a prayer. There are many that Bible scholars and so on call this a mission psalm. And it is because it's, not, it's going beyond the Jews so that all peoples may know God and know his salvation, right? So it's a mission psalm, but it's also a psalm of worship. You can see throughout here that it has to do with praising God. May everyone, all peoples all over the earth, praise him. Give him the glory and honor that he deserves. So, we're going to see how those two things are working together here in this psalm, both for the proclamation of God's mercy and grace and truth to all the world, and how that ties in with our worship of God for his glory and for his majesty. First, it says in the beginning of that, oh, the structure of it, by the way, let me look at that real quick, just very quickly. Uh, it's interesting the way this is made. It talks about an inclusio. Now, inclusio is basically just a bookend. But there's a, it happens as a literary device throughout, especially in the Psalms, but throughout Scripture, where, especially the Old Testament, the Hebrew language likes to do that kind of thing. And so... When something is bookended, where one thing is stated in the beginning and then followed up later almost exactly, or in this case, exactly the same words, you have to look what's inside of that because God is pointing, he's focusing attention to that, right? Well, in this particular psalm, there's two, there are two inclusios or bookends. And so you have the beginning of the psalm which is not repeated, but, in, the, but in, a, in effect, in so many words, it's repeated at the end. And so we look at, may God be gracious to us and bless us. And at the end, God our God shall bless us, God shall bless us. That kind of thing. But then in the middle part, especially the middle part, it's focusing to the center, the very center of the psalm. It has the repetition of, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. That's in verse 3. And then in verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Exactly the same words. So what's in the middle there that he's trying to focus our attention on? We're going to look at that today. Okay? So, the first part, you can look at this in three parts again. Isn't that funny how that comes up? Three parts again. It, the first part is from God, the appeal, the prayer, the, the uh, plea is for God, something from God. The center part, that part we're talking about, is from 
us from the people to God. And then the last part again is again from God in the form of blessing and so on to us. So it's kind of an interplay, a back and forth between humankind and God. The interaction between the two. That's very key in this psalm, very short psalm. But you can see what's going on here between God and the people. So, that's the structure of it. It begins, this intercessory prayer is, fun, is interesting in that it, the speaker, the singer, includes himself among those that he's praying for. Because it says, may God be gracious to us. And bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. Now when Jesus is praying. He's praying in the intercessory prayer of John 17. He's praying for the people. His disciples. His followers. And those who would follow him. Right? Here. The people are praying. This person. The representative. The, uh, the, of, of the people. Is appealing to God. Please God. Come to us. Bless us. Give us what we need. So, be gracious to us. Funny how in this particular, it starts off so easily in what, I mean, it's so interestingly, that's not a good word, um, with the two elements in the ironic benediction. Make the Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Grace and his face. Here it says, in reverse, may God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us. Isn't that interesting? So there's some connection between the shining face of God and the grace of God. Hmm. Well, what is grace? Well, grace is, we're going to look at it, and we're going to see a little bit more about what grace is here. For one thing, you go directly into that, and let me go on to the next page of my notes so I don't get lost here. So he's praying, but he says, after the verse 1, it's about us, right? The Jews. If we pray it today, we are the children of Abraham, so it would be us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. So he's not praying just for us, just the Jews. He's praying for all people. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. In the uh, NIV it says, so that, so that is implied, a consequence here. God do this so that your ways, do this for us, so that your ways may be made known on earth, your salvation to all nations. Two things there. Your way, the way of God, that they might know your way, they might know you. You know, in Hosea, it talks a lot about the lack of the knowledge of God and the, the, uh, the sad situation of Israel because of lack of knowledge and understanding of God. So the prayer here is, bless us so that your way may be known on earth, that you may be known on earth to other peoples. Now, this is very unusual for the Old Testament because the Jews... Think God is their God. Nobody else's. He's ours. Right? Not in this psalm. This is a, a mission psalm. Throughout the earth psalm. 
that your way may be known on earth, that you, God, might be known. Think back to the Abrahamic covenant way back. When God chose Abraham, he said he made a covenant with him. And I, won't, I can read it to you if you want, but essentially part of it was, I will, make, I will, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing to the nations. God knew what he was doing in the beginning with Abraham. I'm not just here for the Jews. Yes, my covenant is with Abraham and his seed. But that is ultimately to bless the whole world. All peoples, all nations. That was his ultimate goal from the beginning with Abraham. Now, that kind of worked for a while. Abraham, wherever Abraham went, it's kind of like, hey, this guy, is, he's good for us. He's a good lucky charm, right? You know, it, our, somehow he's blessing us, so let's keep him around. And Isaac dug some wells, and they used his wells, and they stole them from him. But, you know, he was blessing the people around him. Jacob and his, it was blessing Laban, sort of, in a way, you know. But it kind of fell apart after that, didn't it? The Jews kind of stopped fulfilling the covenant of blessing the nations. And it hadn't been done from up until the Psalms here, and it's still not being done. But here is an insight, a special little vignette into the mind and heart of God that it's still his plan. It's still his desire to make his way known on the earth, to make his salvation known among all the nations. Now, in the not, we can go, well, we'll get that in a minute. We're talking about the knowledge of God. We'll get that when we get to the middle. But the knowledge of salvation. Salvation here is not saving people, nations from each other. This is a general blessing upon all nations. This is a blessing of salvation in which people are being saved from their sin, from evil, from destruction, from human suffering. We don't see much of that anymore, do we? It just doesn't happen much in our world, right? That's sarcasm. Um, yeah. Mankind has always needed salvation. Not from enemies, nations, but from themselves, from their own sin, from the evil that's in the world that would cause the kind of destruction and human suffering that we see today. And only in Christ can, was this finally fulfilled. When it's finally, and, and it, it's all a precursor, even this psalm is a precursor to that ultimate time when Jesus Christ, by his salvation, ripped apart that, that curtain and made the two one. It wasn't going to happen until Jesus. It wasn't going to happen until Christ in his blood made that happen. Where all the Gentile nations and the Jews became one. Salvation was to the ends of the earth only in Christ. So we get to... We get to the end of that, that they may know you, Lord God, that they may know your salvation among all the nations. And the middle part here, may the peoples, here's this from the people to God. Now that God is going to bless us and do that for us, 
May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. That middle part, the number four, let the nations be glad. You sang it today. You've read it before. Let the nations be glad as a response to the blessing of God, of his salvation and his way and of him. So, the inclusio there, may the peoples praise you, O God. May all the people, all the peoples praise you. That's an S on the end of peoples. And at the end of five, at the, and verse 5, may the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And so we get to the end. The response is worship. Yes, the mission happens to the world. That's our part. To get the word out, to get the knowledge of the Lord. Throughout, as the waters cover the sea, right? Get it out there so that the nations, the tribes, the languages, all the peoples will, will worship him, will know his salvation. And what is their response would be then? Worship. Um, John Piper wrote a book. Guess what it was called? Let the nations be glad. <laughs> and it's a missions book. It was my textbook at seminary on missions. And we went to Kazakhstan with that under my arm. He wrote, let the nations be glad. And in the beginning of it and the theme throughout the book, he said, worship is what it's all about. That's what God is about. Yes, he is saving people. But ultimately, the salvation of the people is to bring himself praise and honor and worship. God is about bringing glory to himself. Piper says here in his book, he says, Worship is the fuel and goal driving us in missions. And he also said, Worship is the fuel and goal driving God in missions, in its worship of himself. He exists for his glory. We exist for his glory. All things exist for his glory, for his praise and his honor. That's what he's about. So let the nations praise him. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad. It's a blessing for us to worship. We should be. To praise and worship him? Just think about it. It is going to be, when we get to heaven, there's nothing in between. I've got all this stuff, this garbage and baggage and gone and so on. And it won't be anything but pure old Alan there. You know, there's nothing in between me and God. I, I don't know where it is in my notes, but I put it in here as an illustration. I'll use it now. You know, you, I'm, I'm taking this from memory now. But remember Helen Keller? She was born blind. Never saw anything in her life, right? And somebody said, what a tragedy. What a terrible thing that you have never been able to see in this life. And she said, no, no. It's, not a, <laughs> it's a blessing because the first thing I see with my eyes is the face of God. Woo! That's what she's going to see. That's what she already has seen, right? She's up there. That's the first thing she saw with her eyes. 
was the face of God. Face of God is God's grace, God's glory, God's radiance, God's wonder. That's what she said. That's what she saw first. And so let us be part of that, getting that word out, that joy, that gladness to the nations of what it's like to worship God, to praise him. I, I, I may have shared this to you before, but one of my students from Russia, I think it was, I know he was from one of those Russian republics, maybe Ukraine, I don't know. Anyway, we were in class, I was teaching English, and I talked a lot about God because it was a Christian class, and I, a Christian school, and I could do that without any fear of retribution. And so we're talking in class, and, and I'm telling about when we get to heaven, just, we're going to be standing around, we're just going to be praising God and so on. And, he, and later on, after class, he came up to me and said, is that all it's going to be? And he said, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff so I can get to heaven so that I don't have to just stand there and praise God. It's going to be good stuff. I'm going to get to do good things, fun things, right? I'm suffering, I'm denying myself all of this stuff right now so that I can earn my place in heaven. You know, that was what he was about. And it was just like his mind couldn't, he couldn't fathom just spending eternity standing there praising God. I said, well, it sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I, you know, he just didn't get it. He didn't get it. So sad. But he's one of those in the nations. I got to reach him, Right? Because there are those who will get it. There are those who will be glad and rejoice and sing. Jeremy, we're going to be singing. Where's Jeremy? We're going to be singing in heaven. Yay. Praises to God. You're going to be leading because I can't sing. <laughs> and this is about God. Back to knowledge of God. Right there in the middle. A couple of attributes of God that I think are really good for us to look at. It says, for you rule. Now, it switched, by the way, if you look at it, you can study this. It switched from third person in the beginning. May God be gracious to us and make his face shine upon us. And then it says, that your ways, talking to God, may be known on earth. May the people praise you, O God. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. God is a just God. God is a fair God. This is something about him. He's a good God. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of our honor and our glory. And you guide the nations of the earth. You are trustworthy to do the right thing always. To lead us. Wherever we need to go, we trust you to do that because you're a good God. You're wise. You're, you're all things. You can do all things. We put our trust in you to lead us. So you are the guide to the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. From every tribe and every language and every nation, people are going to come with true heartfelt gladness, true joy from the knowledge of God and of his saving grace. 
So what is it about, again, about the face of God? Moses wasn't allowed to see God. One commentator said there's a reason for that. I thought he was brilliant. He said, in your sin and in your mortality, you can't see God's face. Because he said to Moses in Exodus 33, no one can look, at me, look upon me and live. Well, there's some day when my sin is gone and my mortal body, my mortal flesh is gone. Death cannot touch me anymore. I'm going to see God's face and live. Isn't that pre that's precious, isn't it? Yeah. Now, as a sinner, <laughs> how can I look on the face of God? But his face will shine upon me in grace and mercy and salvation and in love, his face will shine upon me. He is showering us with goodness. The promise at the end here says, Then the land will yield its harvest, and God our God will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will feel, fear him. It's springtime. Things are growing, right? And it's sometimes we just don't know. We take for granted all of God's showering of blessings and goodness. And we're not even aware of it often. And, and I, I've been struck by, uh, you know, Linda knows about this. All these candle, what are they, candle lilies? Yeah, just growing everywhere. You know, and, and I've, got, I've got all these plants and flowers and so on, and they fill my pots, and I've got to break them apart and put them in new pots. I don't have enough pots. So I've got to get some more pots. And I filled some more pots. And what I'm going to do with all these people, I'm going to try to give them away, but nobody wants them because they got too much stuff too. Right? And God's just making them grow. Just making it grow. Right? The abundance, the bounty of the land. Then the land will yield its harvest, its increase, it says here. And God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him, will respect him, will be in awe of him. God is transforming the world. Maybe you don't see it now. I, I see bad things and you do too. It's hard to rejoice in all the suffering that we see today. But we know that God is doing his plan. He's working out his plan and is in Jesus Christ that God is transforming the world to all nations, to all peoples, everywhere. He is the image of the invisible God, as it says in Colossians. He, Jesus himself in John 14 said, If you have seen him, you have seen him, me. If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. So his face, the face of God, is in Christ. The radiance, the exact image of the invisible God. If you know him, you know the Father. If you've seen him, you have, I mean, if you have him, you have life. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you, if, if you have accepted his grace, his mercy, as your salvation, you are saved. You will live eternally and eternally with him. There is no greater blessing than what Christ has done for us through his own sacrificial death on the cross. 
I want to close with his vision from Revelation and several places in Revelation. And I, it just makes me feel so good to know that I, here I, I have to kind of agree with Tom that there's an, there is an end there that is glorious. It, you, can't, you can't keep from being optimistic about it. In Revelation, it basically says that all the diversity of all the earth are going to be streaming to the new Jerusalem, to Zion, to the hill, from all parts of the world to worship him, to give him the honor and the glory that he deserves. They will be gathered around his throne from all nations, every language, every tribe, every people will be praising him. We'll be lifting up him up in honor and glory because that's what he's about. He will bring himself glory through us and we can be glad because of that. Now, the NASB says it's as it, in the past tense, it says God has yielded his harvest and God blesses us. The, the tense has changed a little bit. In that, it's like it's already happened. You know, it's like Jesus says, you know, well, you're still in the world, but I'm going to get you out of the world eventually. Just hang on, right? So it's already done. We're going to be in heaven. We have a place in heaven. We've been adopted, right? The same thing here. God has already accomplished this as a past tense kind of thing in Psalm 67. He's already declared it. It's going to happen. Praise God for that. All the peoples are going to stream to him, to his new Jerusalem, to Zion, to around his throne, and going to sing for eternity praises to him and lift him up in glory and honor. And I'm going to be one of them. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for you. Thank you for your blessing, your face to shine upon us your grace to shower us with goodness that we don't even know about, don't even recognize. But God, you showered us with the best gift that we could ever have, and that is in your Son, Jesus Christ, who took our sin upon himself and gave us life, gave us life eternally with you. God, we cannot thank you enough, but Lord, we are excited about spending eternity praising you for that. And giving you the honor and glory that you deserve. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.